This episode of Control-Alt-Delete is brought to you by Unity. That's Y-O-U-N-I-T-Y. Unity is a free and easy app that allows you to access and share all of your videos, photos, music, and documents stored on your computers from your mobile phone or tablet. There's no syncing, there's no configuration or hassle involved. All your files are kept secure and private on your own computer. Unity simply creates a connection to let you access them remotely. So visit GetUnity.com to learn more and install Unity for free. That's G-E-T-Y-O-U-N-I-T-Y.com. Hello, and welcome to Control Walt Delete, a somewhat new podcast from The Verge. I'm Neil I. Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and The Verge's executive editor, Walt Mossberg. How's it going, Walt? It's going great, Neil I. How, how are you? I'm good, although, is it going great? Because we have been plotting out this episode, and I think this is going to be our first doom and gloom episode <laughs> of your show. <laughs> and I, We've needed one. We've been on, a, on such a high. Everything's been so great. It's time to come crashing down to earth. Yes, sadness. Sadness will will reign. Life is a balance. (laughs) Uh, Sadness will reign. Yeah, that's how you want to end. Look, it's December. It's cold outside. Yeah, it's not quite the holidays yet. Let's 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 Mm, let's let's get a little low before we. well, I guess it is kind of the holidays already. Anyway, it's Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah. That's what I'm saying. It is. It is a holiday. Whatever. Life is a balance. Moving on. We're moving uh, on. Yes. <laughs> We're not um, going to do religion here. We should. We should actually. We should do one show that's just hardcore religious philosophy, and see see how far it is. Maybe we'll finally have an argument. See, that's. I'm I'm coming up on conflict one of these days. All right. All right. Anyhow, um, so Walt, this week. And I have to say, I was expecting more, more outraged reaction to these reviews, and we kind of didn't get it. Uh, and I, I was sort of surprised and sort of not surprised. But this week, you reviewed uh, the Google Pixel C. Dieter reviewed the Google Pixel C. Right. A bunch of people in the industry reviewed the Pixel C. Uh, I edited your review, and it was, I would say it was very harsh. Um, Dieter's was very harsh. and uh, uh, Sort of the consensus is, what are you doing, Google? Right. I mean, right. right? I mean, g- get into it a little bit. Okay, so I think the starting point, at least for me, is uh, last month uh, I wrote uh, a commentary, a column, which we discussed on on this podcast, about how I think Google ought to make its own hardware the way Apple does, at least for some things, you know, particularly phones I I talked about. Uh, Why? Because you can do so much more if you develop at the same time the software and the hardware and you blend them together and you think about how the hardware is going to work with the software and vice versa and all that. And of course they already did some sporadic hard have been doing some sporadic hardware products like the Pixel Chromebook and the and the Chromecast and a, and a few other things. And this week we had uh Yet another one of those uh, sporadic products. It was actually announced in September, and it came out this week. And it's it's a tablet. Uh, it's the first tablet they've ever done themselves, and they uh, have made a very interesting uh, keyboard to go along with it. Of course, it costs extra. The tablet starts at four ninety nine. The keyboard, one hundred and forty nine. So it's about a six hundred fifty dollar package altogether. Mm-hmm. And it turned out and that's expensive. To be, it's expensive. And it's Android, and it turned out to be disappointing to me and um, uh, and for a number of reasons, but primarily 
they just didn't do the integration of the software and the hardware, which is the whole reason, I think, or the or the main reason. I think I gave five reasons, but the main reason I cited in that earlier essay for for wanting to do your own hardware. Yeah, I mean, I and th- this is sort of what I mean at the top around like this is going to be a oh, lull episode because it just feels like Google has this opportunity to be the other platform vendor, right? In a way that Apple became a dominant platform vendor and what they're doing with the App Store and the iPhone sets the, sets the tone for so much. It has lifted the Mac and OS X up to be another kind of dominant platform, particularly in sort of the creative industries that, that we run around in. Um, and Microsoft sort of, you know, it fell back and it's coming, you know, it's, it's making its move with Windows 10 now. But Google has this opportunity, and Android, for whatever reason, has never become the the sort of it has this massive scale, but it 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 just hasn't reached all the other places it could or should go, and like bizarrely, Samsung has done more work to push the platform than Google with these kinds of experiences on on tablets, and I I just don't understand it. Is there did you find any like particular reason they didn't do it, or are they just making hardware well, for hardware's uh, sake? You know. First, let's explain what we mean uh, exactly here. Mm-hmm. This is a tablet. Um, there are have been many Android tablets, none of them particularly notable or big sellers or anything like that. But there have been many of them. Uh, a lot of them actually are given away if you buy a phone now and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but this was Google's, Google's first tablet, something uh, out of Google. That is and an important you, point. And as you pointed out, not cheap. So um, I expected that when you used it, you would see some kind of cool software hardware integration, by which I mean software that really was meant to work on tablets. Now, Apple has had this philosophy and actually acted on it for a number of years where um, they make and they encourage developers to make um, apps that work especially well on the iPad, that do different things and look different, even if they're the same app, uh, as they do on the iPhone. For instance, uh, in landscape mode in particular, um, an iPad app, an iTablet-optimized iPad app will show you additional panels, you know, additional controls right there on the screen that live together. Uh, and so it's it's somewhere between a phone and a, and a full PC experience. It's, in some cases, it's very much like the Mac or PC experience. And Android has historically not done that, not had that. And over the years, I've talked to the various heads of Android, Andy Rubin and Sundar Pichai, who's now the CEO of Google, and others about, well, when are you going to have some special kind of tablet app and that kind of thing? And their answer has typically been, um, well, we think phone apps, you know, we've made the phone apps so they scale up to tablet size and all that, and we think they they do a good job. Yeah, but they've getting their, they've been, Apple's been kicking their ass on that front. I mean, when Tim Cook put up, it was like the iPad mini. He's like, look at these garbage apps and seven-inch Android tablets. With the right. iPad mini, it's like, you know, it's like literally they've been saying this same thing, and like this has been the criticism of Android tablets since... I think I said it to you in an edit since the the first Motorola Zoom came out. Right? Yes, and that I, that we we, we want to forget about the Motorola Zoom. I'm sorry, <laughs> you put that image back in my head. But yeah, 
Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. no, 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 no. They, that they was like just, a big launch, right? Like, here's the first Android tablet. It runs Honeycomb. It came out what at CES. It was like that was a huge moment, and the criticism was, well, this is fine, whatever. Where are the apps? And that was 2010. I mean, it's been years yeah, now. Yeah, it has been. And I don't want to say. In fact, I want to. I want to carefully uh, assert that that I believe Google is just as capable of Apple uh, as Apple of doing this. They're, they have brilliant engineers. I just think they've been extremely focused on phones. Uh, Android is in a lot of other things. It's in wearables. It's in cars. It's in you know, uh, various other devices. But they, their principal focus has always been on phones. Uh, I think to the exclusion of this tablet category. Now, you know, they could say, we don't think tablets matter, in which case they shouldn't have made their own. Because they have so few hardware products that it really, you have to assume they regard this as a hero product. And the hardware shows some ingenuity. I had a few problems with the hardware, but by and large, particularly the add-on keyboard, uh, shows some ingenuity. It actually is better at typing in your lap than uh, iPad Pro or... Yeah, it's got, a, think, it's got a cool hinge. I think the Surface, it's got a very cool, uses mag magnets. And I think it's a little overcomplicated, to be honest. Uh, and there were a couple of other hardware issues, like I thought there was latency and reflectiveness on the screen. But here's the thing. The key thing here is the software. They're just, you, you can spend days trying to find the handful, if they exist. I, I didn't find any. Uh, of of really comparable tablet type apps that Apple has for the iPad, and Apple has eight hundred and fifty thousand of these. Um, so uh, when you use the Pixel C, uh, it, let's say you have it in landscape mode. Let's say you've you've spent one hundred fifty bucks and you have it docked in this cool dock. You actually, it, it's just weird looking. I mean. At, Apps, even if they run in landscape, come up and they don't show you the additional uh, stuff on the screen that you would expect on a 10.2-inch screen. One, I'll give you an example. There's an app called Slack, which I think <laughs> most of our listeners know about and which we use uh, or maybe overuse at the, <laughs> at the Verge. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a, it's a business it's – a, it's an app meant to do uh, – chatting and, and communication uh, and just everything um, inside a business or inside a team. And it has basically three panels, uh, two of which are extremely important. One, one is the main message panel. And then to the left, there's a kind of list of different, I guess you would have to, this is not the name they use for it, but you would have to call them sort of chat rooms. So we, yeah. have, one, we have one for um, our tech uh, our tech coverage. We have one for tech reviews. We have one for, you know, science and for for uh, uh, you know entertainment and all of our other things and, and and other subjects as well. And on phones, which are vertical and have limited uh, you know limited real estate, even big phones, uh, whether it's Android or iOS, Slack just shows you mainly the message panel, and you can tap a button and you can see this list of of of, of rooms you might want to go into. But on the iPad, even the iPad mini, which, by the way, there's a new one, uh, iPad mini. It has a retina screen. It's very nice. Even the iPad mini, that those two panels coexist. They're always there and everything's perfectly readable. But on the Pixel C, 
as on every other Android tablet, it's just a big blown-up phone app. You still have to do a separate motion to navigate through Slack to go to to go to a different place in Slack and where another kind of discussion is going on that you might want to engage in. And that's just one example. There, are the, even worse, there were uh, both Dieter and I uh, found in, and we didn't coordinate our our testing, but we both found on. In play, not every place, but in some places on Twitter and other apps, it would just flip around to portrait mode even when you had it in landscape mode. And you would have <laughs> to kind of try to turn the whole thing with the keyboard to see what you were looking at because it thinks it's on a phone. Yeah. And, and the mystery to me was just, uh, yes, every Android tablet behaves like this, which is why they're not used very much for productivity even as much as the iPad. And so we knew that. But I sort of thought that if Google was going to do their own tablet, they would have rewritten some of their own apps and gotten, just like Apple does, key third-party developers to move fast to uh, adapt to this. And they did not do that. Well, I think, the, you know, there there's all these these rumors out there. And they're, now Google's confirmed part of them, but the the reality and the specifics, I think, need to be hashed out. That Chrome OS and Android are going to come together, or they're going to share some engineering right. resources. And the, to me, the question is: if Google wants a true platform, if they want to be own their own destiny, integrate hardware and software, they need a platform that reaches across phones and tablets. They've got Chrome OS laptops. With, you know, obviously, if you blend Android into it, they could get far more powerful in terms of the apps. Um, they need Assume, to, assuming the apps adapt right, to the it's, laptop it's, it's, form they, factor. Right, it could happen. And I think what what is just very clear on anyone's platforms, and this is true for Windows 10, which does kind of you know universal apps as well, and it, it's true for Apple stuff, blown up phone apps don't cut it. Like that, that is just not good enough. Uh, and you see it on sort of the Apple side where the first wave of apps for the Apple TV is blown up phone apps. And it's like... This is very interesting, right, to have apps on your television. And now we've got to actually do something new and different and not just run the Periscope phone app on the TV, right? Like, cool, right? But we got to move forward. And right. it just seems like Google cannot wrap its head around the idea that apps, when you have a keyboard in front of you, the apps need to be way more powerful and you have a big screen in front of you. The apps need to like do more than just get bigger or like rotate themselves. They have to enable new kinds of experiences. And I just or at I, least I can't get, figure out why. get rid of ridiculous amounts of weird white spe- space and misformatting when you're in landscape on a 10.2 inch screen. I mean, those are pretty basic things. So, right. you know, I, I it's just I befuddling. Just, it's but they should know. Like they should. They've been making these tablets for years, and like, it's just crazy to me that Samsung lets you window Android apps right. all over. The, like, you can buy like a three-inch Android phone from Samsung that lets you window fifteen apps. Right? Like, it's they can't help themselves. Like, they have to build in this functionality. Right. But Google ought to, ought to be able to do a better job than on so- software than Samsung. Right. I think. Right. Because One Samsung would've... is not a strong software company, and and let me make let me make an interesting point about that windowing thing. Um, you know, there's in, in iOS. There's two kinds of windowing, and and and, let me, and iOS was late on this, so they were behind Microsoft and they were behind Android, or at least Samsung on this. Um, but there are two kinds of windowing you can do. You can do uh, uh, sort of a slide over 
where you get a narrow window. But it's still, I mean, if, if you're on Twitter and you want to look at your email, you can at least look at it. You can actually more than look at it. You can respond and do all the email stuff, albeit in a narrow window. Or you can split the screen in half and actually operate back and forth in, in both windows, even on the iPad mini, as small as, you know, that's about an eight-inch screen. Um, you can't do that on the Pixel C. Right. And it's just, granted, it's not a part of Android as presented in the tablets by other people, except Samsung, which had to add it. And they've only added it in a limited way, but kudos to them, they added it. But this is Google's product. And Google had the opportunity, just as Apple always does, to 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 add this, at least for the Pixel C as kind of a saying, look what you can do with Android tablets and maybe then release it into general Android. Right. Um, but they didn't do that. Yeah. It, so it, it's just mystifying. Because, I mean, you look at what they do with the Nexus phones, and the Nexus phones are the high watermark, or they should be the high watermark. For, right. for all the phones. And they're the phones they choose to use to release new versions of Android. And so there is a consciousness of, okay, there's there's great new software and there's this hardware we're, we're doing. It's just, but, but to me... But not this tablet. And I want to talk about sort of the bigger context here. But to me, it's like literally every Android tablet that we have reviewed for years. We're like, yeah, it's great. Somebody did some stuff. There's no apps. And I just don't know how you can be at Google and just hear this constant pounding criticism and not try to do something about it. And the the message has been, we are doing something about it. We're letting developers code apps that can stretch across. And it's like, we know, but it's been, by the way, the Zoom came out in 2011. It'll be this, at this CES, it'll be, it'll be five years since the Zoom came out. I mean, like, come on, you know, it's like, come on, like, yep. either you're going to get in the game or you're not. And like, this is, a, I think the Pixel C, if they, if, People at Google are reading these reviews, and I I suspect that they read all of them. Oh, they're reading. Um, this should be. A I huge... know. I know they read mine. Yeah, and I mean, I, this should I... just be a huge wake up call. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna play in the space, and I, I think Google really has to, uh, then you, you got to do better. And so that's like, I, the, and I want to just take this turn. Uh, you know, usually I here's where I'd like open a. I should have pulled out your Motorola Zoom review is what I should have done. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's it's. It, I wanted to get broader on this one because. Uh -huh. I have this theory, and I want to ask you about it and, and ask if you remember any similar times, um, that we are in a deep, like an inflection point of the tech industry. Like things have been so good for so long, and now everyone's making sort of the next set of bets that we're, the products are actually, they're getting kind of, I don't want to say mediocre, like they're just not. As much well, they're stale. They're, they're stale. mature. They're not. They're not getting as much the, better as the, they have. The, in the ones past. that have been so exciting for us over the years, particularly the smartphone, and to some extent the laptop, um, are either just just being very incrementally improved or changed. And some of the changes are cosmetic. Some are real, but they're still pretty incremental. And in laptops, we've seen. Um, particularly on the Windows side, just a lot of gimmickry. I mean, our colleague Tom Warren made reference to this in in his last laptop review this week of the Dell XPS 13, where he said, you know, I, I don't want one of these things that flips <laughs> around and becomes a fat tab. I'm paraphrasing Tom, yeah. but, you know, I just wanted a laptop. I don't even want a touchscreen on it, you know. And I'm not against touchscreens. I'm not going on a jihad about touchscreens, but I mean... <laughs> 
you know, um, I think we're, here's what I think, Nilay. Um, I don't think we're doomed. I don't think technology has stopped, but I do think we're, we're, we're heading into a lull period, what I would call yeah. lull or stall period. And um, it's happened before. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, I, I, there are a bunch of super exciting things being worked on and which we actually see in our products. AI, I think, is number one. Uh, I think it will eventually be just ginormous. You see the, you see Siri and, and uh, you know, Google now and, and uh, Cortana and the Amazon uh, Alexa. Ale- Alexa platform. They're, they've gotten better. Siri was the first one out in consumer products. It was pretty limited at first, but it's gotten a lot better. Uh, and and uh, so I think that is there but it's but it's just not it's not fully mature or even remotely fully mature um we have virtual reality and augmented reality those things are we sense are going to be a big deal but right now they're not yet mm-hmm. they're more or less curiosities so far except maybe for gaming um wearables my god i mean how many how many words have we devoted <laughs> to wearables on the verge yeah in the last four or five years and then we're still we're still we still haven't found the kind of fantastic wearable and more importantly the more beyond fitness which is important but every survey shows a limited number of people have pure fitness wearables um we haven't found the killer app for that yet either so uh, you know maybe that will i I can't believe that people are going to give up on that so maybe that will become a big deal but right now you know (laughs) i mean to me like let's we could just take two of those right i think the 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 two things that are happening in industry that are like besides the the what you've noticed right there's like ai and vr which are very nascent right and they they have to come up but there's a big moment right now of sort of when we've talked about this, what is a computer, right? Like mm-hmm. what it, the iPad pro and a MacBook pro and a phone and a pixel C and an Android phone and a windows 10 flippy laptop. Like those are all riffs on what a computer is. And, you know, I was reading Dieter's review and he's like, I really, and this is true. Dieter desperately wants to uh, like have a surface type computer, right? Like I think he would, like he talks about it. Like he set up a Surface Pro Four. He's tried every thing, every other thing. He did an iPad Pro for a minute. He was excited about the Pixel C, and he's always like, "Screw it, this is bad. I'm going back to my laptop." Um, and he's like, "There's always one little piece missing here," and it it just seems like, particularly with the tablets, we're trying to turn the tablets into laptops without without acknowledging that like the complexity of a laptop is what makes it powerful. Um, and that's like a very interesting moment and we haven't nailed it. And that's the lull, right? Like that's what I perceive as the lull. That's a like, big part of the lull. Right. It's uh, like we, they, nobody's. So we have, we have these nascent things that are going to be, we think are going to be great and powerful. I'm pretty sure they are. And then we have the familiar things or the variations on them and they're not. Right. It's, it, and so that problem to me with the familiar making... things is like, how do you. How do you how do you make them simpler without reducing their ability, their capability? And I, that to me is like even OS ten to me is like it treats me like I'm stupid too often, right? Like uh, it, it has that. Well, that's your that's 
you have a special edition of OS X. No, it it just does. It, you know, it it wants to pull things together. It, I actually I did a random Twitter poll. You know, I tweeted what was the best version of OS X, and most forty three percent of the people responded. My very unscientific poll told me it was Snow Leopard because it got out of their way. Right, and it was like a thousand yeah. responses, um, and I think that's just really interesting. Like we're actually layering in intelligence that is a different kind of complexity in order to achieve simplicity in these devices. And that, I, that to me is, that is a return to sort of a bad old days of PCs where they were so complex that like Microsoft was like, what about assistance? You know, and like, just get out of my way. Like, let me be smart enough to figure this out. Hey, hey, the bad old days of PCs were very good to me. That's true. Walt built his career. Right? <laughs> well, well, I, this is, it wasn't your first ever column. Like the first sentence was like, PCs are too hard and it's not your fault. That's right. I yeah. mean, that's like that. But right. But we're it. No, we're not all the way. We're not back all the way there. back there, but that's the lull. It's like the stuff isn't getting better because the solutions to no, it's making just, you know, things like, sophisticated and simple haven't. We haven't right. reached that next stage. Microsoft says, "Look, we have the start menu back." That was their big message in Windows 10, or one of their biggest messages. And Apple says, "Look, you can mark up an email." Now, I know you like that idea, but it's you know that's a fairly minor thing right now there was i did a little wait, I, wait, I want to say the other one though real quick um yeah the other one is wearables which yeah was it you know i think it, it hit a peak with sort of the apple watch but there's been so many since and before where it's well it's obvious like we put a computer in your pocket what if we just strapped it to your body and nobody figured out what like we didn't do the why right like we just deterministically moved down the path of well, if we just add more technology to the problem, it'll get better. And the why has remained disconnected. And because there's no why, there's no focus around these products in, in a way that makes sense. Yeah, so there, we're getting there's, all these... fo there's focus around something like a Fitbit. But again, that's a small single-digit percentage, I think, of the overall population that's going to that's at least going to use that for more than a few months. Right. So, um, so, But to me, that one reminds me of there was like a moment – when you would like walk into a Best Buy and it was just like full of gadgets and like most of them were garbage and would like break and not be worth it. Again, where one Mr. Walt Mossberg made a lot of bones, right? Telling people what was worth it and what was an industry lark. Um, and it just feels like that's a wearable moment too. Like we could just review every single one and be like, you know, most of these are not good or most of these exist such that, you know, a company like Misfit existed to get bought by a company like Fossil, right? It didn't exist to be a platform that consumers could depend on for years and years and years. And I, that's the sort of moment where we're in, where it's hard to know what to bet on. It's hard to know what to believe in because so much stuff feels like we're just going to throw more at the wall and see if that's the revolution. So I did a little research. By the way, that uh, is about as negative as I have ever been on any any of our, our tech shows. Like, I usually believe that things get better, but it just feels like that moment to me. Anyway, you did some research. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. And and um, I, I'm a little less negative than you because I think of it as a, a kind of a lull. I, I don't think of it as, you know, permanent downturn or doom. Uh, yeah. And there was I, – I did a little research, and I'm sure some of our listeners will come up with things I missed here. Mm -hmm. So forgive me. But the closest thing I could think of to this was the period between Windows 95 in 1995, of course, and the introduction of the iMac <clears throat> by Steve Jobs in 1998. I could not think of or find uh, zooming around the internet 
very much that was fundamentally groundbreaking that happened in those three or, depending on you count it, four years. Um, the one exception I found was the Palm Pilot. <laughs> yeah. You have to be a, an old listener to remember that. But in, and that came out in 1996. And the, and the importance of that was it was really the first um, stylus-driven pocket computer that you would consider using. There had been many attempts before. Um, and it and you can draw a line from that to smartphones, I think, uh, in many ways. And so that's great. But, um, you know, we still had – everybody still had those towers sitting under their desks, beige towers with slots. You know, you'd go to the store and say, I need eight slots. And unless you were a, a, a real uh, techie, those slots gathered dust. You almost never opened the damn thing up and put uh, boards in them. At least most average people didn't. And uh, that's what we had. And so we had like, I would I would argue we had a kind of a three-year lull in, in big, some listener can probably uh, provide have, a list I, I of have, 10 products. No, but It's yeah. not a product, but that was the moment that internet access became like cheap and affordable that was huge right like that but, that's what we use that those computers for right you're right i stand corrected on that but but if you're talking about the, devices no products, and, and, yeah. and 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 operating systems and the software that went with it um it just wasn't happening and um so you know the smartphone is mature i think i still think the ipad is is a tablet that you know despite it's declining sales and all that kind of stuff. The iPad can be used, and I personally do use it for a lot of productivity things, as well as watching YouTube and and uh, you know reading books and things like that. Um, I note that Dieter's last line of his Pixel C <laughs> review was, "I bought an iPad." Yeah, I'm sorry. And and um, so that you know, Apple has kind of a, a you know they're on the right path there. But I think on the on the iPad Pro, uh, unless it's really an enterprise product that's going to take off, I think um, I, I, I think they're kind of stumped about what to do with it. Yeah. And uh, further, and um, so we're in the slow period. Yeah, it just and and we ought to just all I don't know close down the verge. <laughs> what are we going to do? No, it's not, <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it what the challenge to me. Uh, and I think as you know, we run a media site that covers technology. So it's like I think about I frame it in terms of this challenge. And maybe if you if you don't run, if you don't cover the industry, maybe this challenge just doesn't seem relevant to you. But I, it is to me. It's hard to I don't want to just be negative, like reflexively negative at medium good products. Right. Um, so, you know, for example, uh, yesterday. Apple put out this like battery case for the iPhone and it's yeah. like, why, why, you know, it's like, why? Right. And it's like just a fine product. Um, it's not great. You know, they, they sent, they, I, I don't know if they sent you one. They sent, they sent a bunch of us one. So we all have, yeah, one. they sent me one. Yeah. Um, it's like, just, it's just fine. Right. It's like they made it, they're, they're going to sell a bunch of the holidays. Some people complain about the battery life. Now they, now there's one that usually, whatever. It's like, it's, it's such a whatever, but because it's Apple, and because they occupy this huge space, it's like we imbue it with meaning. And the second you try to imbue a, a whatever product with meaning, 
it becomes this like cycle of despair. Like Apple doesn't know how to design anything. <laughs> and the, despair. And I keep looking. Cycle of despair. Right. And it, but the, the problem is I keep looking around the industry and realizing that so many of the products are like fucking whatever. Like the iPad Pro is like great. It's a great big iPad. Um, you could buy it. You could just use it as a TV and it would probably be the nicest screen in your home. It's a beautiful screen. Yeah. You could, if you love to scribble, you can buy the pen. Although you can't I, hold it. You can't hold it for long. It's really. Well, sure. But like, you know what I mean? Like you could do all these things with it. But in terms of like a, a compelling, like this is going to change the industry revolutionary narrative, it's, it's not there. Right. It's like they're trying something else to see if they can make the sales go up. And so well, if and, you tr- and somebody if you... Wrote, somebody wrote on uh, an outside contributor wrote on on uh, Recode and uh, I think it maybe ran also on Tech Pinions I'm not sure but a thing saying maybe Apple should have not just done straight iOS on that particular one and tried a different OS that supported a different kind of use case for that but... because it's a different kind of device but they didn't do that right so that's a way bigger swing and it, what's funny is that's related directly to what you're saying about the pixel c right is like you can't just throw something else at it because you'll end up with whatever and if you if you just keep putting out whatever because you're hoping something hits or you'll collect a data point i don't know that we're going to make truly transcendent products again right like that's that's the big worry that I have is like we've entered entered a cycle of iteration, which is great. And iteration accomplishes really refined, perfect products like the like smartphones right now. Like smartphones are the product of great iteration. But there was a jump and a big bet made instead of a here's half a beginning. Let's see what happens. And like I'm I. I, I, do you see that boldness outside of AI? No, VR, I, right? like, I, I, I agree with you. And some people say, oh, if Steve Jobs were alive, we'd be seeing that boldness. You know, I, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But sometimes you just you just run into a situation where you say, okay, the next big – I'm just using this as an example. The next big thing is AI. But AI is hard. Yeah. And it may take you some years. And so you make incremental improvements. So, for instance – Apple issued a software update yesterday on the Apple TV that allows you to use Siri from the remote, which, by the way, is a cool thing. And everybody with a TV box has this, but I think Apple's is a little better. Um, to you, you will, It allows you to use it with Apple Music so that you can call up songs and things like that. Well, they should have had that from the beginning. Right. I mean, you know, not to their credit, they didn't tout it as a big technological leap. They... They even even sort of half said they were a little late on it, but they got it out there. And you can just see how that AI thing could control everything on your television, um, everything. Right. But we're not there yet. So maybe you sometimes run into the same thing with, with these autonomous driving or self-driving cars, which is another big deal. Um, it's... It's there. You can find examples. It's kind of half there. There, there are regulatory problems and all that. But, you know, it's our lives haven't changed yet from it. The way that I think our lives changed when uh, the iPhone came out. It took a year, a year and a half, but then our lives changed. And Android, of course, by then was, was starting. And um, that has changed our lives. And I think people like you and I keep waiting for the next thing that's going to ch- change our lives. Well, I mean, and this is sort of how I 
you know, the top of the show. Like things have been so good for so long, right? And the the leaps have been so big every time that maybe our expectations are just we need to reset them. But I don't think that's true. I think that if you think about where the leaps are coming, it's like now they're coming in software that runs on the phone. They're not coming on the devices like the phone itself. And I maybe that's maybe that's the way to think about it. The same way that, you know, you identified the lull in the nineties with like um, computer hardware before the iMac. And I was like, but the internet, you know, like there are the, the, you know, you squeeze the balloon and it gets bigger somewhere else. And like, maybe that's it. But I think the, the your original point about Google and the pixel C is to me kind of the whole game, right? Like if you have hardware and software integration, you have the ability to take big, bold leaps and make big bets on how the whole thing should work. And you know, you're, it's like Google didn't do it with the Pixel C. Microsoft is just starting to do it with, like, the Surface Book. And Apple is, like, just thinking about extending it even further with the iPad Pro. But none of those really get it. What should a, what is the real future of this computer? It's like everyone's making these, like, different tiny little bets and, like, hoping they play out. Yep. And there's another factor at work here, too. I think we all... Uh, look for the company we don't know about or that we just heard about to do something fantastic. And that has happened before and it probably will happen again. You know, whether it's, I don't know, Spotify or, uh, you know, um, Dropbox, which is in trouble now, but <laughs> but certainly, you know, people use it. Um, Slack, as we mentioned several times, it's like a big Slack commercial. Um, so those companies are still out there and trying. But, you know, I think there's so many more misses than even five years ago from those kind of guys because they're typically, they get funded and then they want an exit or one of the big guys buys them and it's an acquire and they just take the engineers and, you know, so there's that. And then we, we have high, high expectations from Apple and Tim Cook has, you know, brought out several new things. Apple Pay is another good example. It works beautifully mm -hmm. it works brilliantly and um i haven't had as much experience with the android one but i assume it works fine uh as well or almost as well uh but the infrastructure has to catch up before that becomes the big deal um i think you and i agreed on an earlier podcast that we hold apple to a higher standard when i was writing this column about the pixel c in the back of my mind, it was like, I'm going to start holding Google to the Apple standard because <laughs> they're they're big and they're rich and they're powerful and they have the big software platform that dominates the world and they are beginning to dabble in hardware. I, I believe, although they haven't said much about it, they're going to do more hardware and um, I want to hold them to a high standard. And this Pixel C just fell way short of that standard. Uh for, for software. I mean, here they went and engineered a fairly clever hinge and base and keyboard mechanism. Uh, a little too complicated, as I said, but still yeah. works. When, once you figure it out, it, it works really well. And and you get it all set up. <laughs> and what have you got? You've got phone apps. Yeah. You've got phone apps to type on. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never been so happy using <laughs> using, you know... Scrabble on the yeah. phone on on this thing, you know. So I, I just I, I just think uh, I think we have to hold them to a high standard. Uh, it may be unfair, 
Uh, I think we have to hold Amazon to a high standard and, they, and look at Amazon's phone. Right. I mean, here they tried something different. They came very late into the phone market and they tried this thing where the navigation was fundamentally different. You flipped your your hand. You remember that? Yep. Uh, flipped it from left to right. And I, I, when I saw it in the demo, I said, wow, this is really cool because I saw it before it came out, you know, in, the, in Seattle. And, and then when I got it and I started testing and I was like, this is really hard to do. This is really not intuitive. This, you know, misses a lot of the time. And um, it's as if, did they test this with real people for any length of time? What's the deal here? So uh, we look to the, for the small companies and, and they're not, I don't think as productive as they were. And then we look to the big giants and they're okay. Um, yeah. And, and, and you'd like to say something better than that, but they're okay. And I think that's it. Like, you know, this thing I was saying about running media sites, there's a lot of uh, sort of like tribal enthusiast tech press out there lately. And it's fun to read them. I, I read the hell out of them. But I think our role is to like set that objective critical standard. And I, if that's why I sound particularly like, eh, it's because that cycle of like whatever to despair is just there. It. It's the expectations are so high because things have been so good, and then you're like, yeah, it, they didn't they didn't finish the product, and like now you get a new phone every year, so you can just release a half-assed phone every year because you'll just get another one, and like that, I think that that cycle is going to lead to a lot of consumer like that's when your your sales start to slow when consumers are like, you know, I'm gonna wait three editions of this because. I just want it to be meaningfully different than the one I have instead of another half-baked yeah. feature. Well, you know that we've we've run a story saying, you know, we don't know for sure, but there's some evidence that Apple is going to do a four-inch phone kind of like the yeah. 5S. And I, look, as a business, I don't begrudge them, for, uh, begrudge them for doing that, even though I should point out here – Disclaimer, footnote, audio footnote, none of us none of us own stock in Apple, Google, any of these companies we're talking about. None of us takes money from them or free products or discounted products. Thank you. Footnote over. But, um, you know, uh, my wife, who's way smarter than me, um, loves her 5S with the four-inch screen. She It feels good in her hand. I, I can't talk her into going to a 6 or 6S size, never mind the pluses. Or to a big Android phone or anything like that. So Apple, there must be more people like my wife if if the stories are true and Apple's thinking about doing a four-inch phone with upgraded, you know, maybe it'll have um, some of the upgraded features, uh, hardware features, processor and some other things. uh, And they'll satisfy that constituency and get them to move up. But is that a great leap forward? No, I mean, it's listening to your customers, I guess, if they wind up doing it. But is it a great leap forward? No. Right. It's it's not like when, when Steve Jobs w- would walk out on the stage and with a with a inter-office uh, mail envelope. Those, <laughs> remember that? Yep. You know, those, those manila envelopes with the red string that ties them at the top and he just walks out on stage and he, and he undoes the string and out comes the MacBook Air. That was a great moment. That was a great moment, and and that was a leap because you said, "How the heck did they get this kind of power and beauty in, into something that can go into an envelope?" That's when you say, "Oh my God, tech is so awesome!" Right? Those are those and, moments. 
and it's been a while. I mean, we, you know, uh, we haven't seen those moments. I mean, Sam, Samsung says, look, the screen curves on the edge and you can put, you know, notifications on it, but you have to kind of crane your head to read them because they're running up and down, you know, like like a kind of upside down Times Square <laughs> ticker thing. And, um, and that's not, that just doesn't measure up to that, you know, and uh, I'm not... It's not about Apple. As I said before, I think Google is just as capable. I think Microsoft is just as capable. I mean, I will say I the, the Surface Book event to me was one of those moments, right? Like they actually did it. They like they got their asses kicked and then they like they came they figured it out and they like came out with a relatively good product. And like or the, at least there was such ferocity of belief in the bet that you were like taken away for a minute. And like that's what I want to see from the biggest players is this like ferocity of belief. So you have a Surface Book and you use it full time. I, I had to send back the review unit. Now I'm gonna I'm considering buying one. Yeah, but that's not the. But kind I never of buy any. You know, wild like, excitement. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. Not the I know. Kind of, we got we got to end I'm the show before it. we like it's... convince everybody to stop being into tech and like take up cooking or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like we're like I'm we're screwed. Nilay. Truly, truly. <laughs> well, Walt, well, we're gonna get you set up with a test kitchen. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna get you on the Food Channel. Actually, that'd be amazing. Walt's test kitchen. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would watch the hell out of that show. Now Walt boils an egg. <laughs> yeah. It would just be like you and me like fumbling through us. It would be great. Uh, no, I mean like. I, like I said, this was a, you know, life is a balance. This was our little lull. I think the Pixel C, everyone who reviewed it was so fundamentally just like, really? Like, that's all you did? And I think that to me just caused a, a period of deep soul searching of like, where where is the, the energy into like really new things coming from that isn't just Uber, you know, or like. Hyper, you know, it's that isn't just Elon Musk, basically. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so no, anyway. it's true. But I think that's like that creates a lot of that creates a lot of opportunity as well. But so, we will be able to die on Mars. Yeah, that's if there's one goal I have, it's to die in a VR headset on Mars. Um, All right, that'd be great. Okay, uh, that's our show. I promise next week I will come in full of joy and verve and life. Uh, and Walt, you're gonna you're gonna review something. I'll be great. uplifting. You'll be we're to, next week. Uh, yeah, the cheer comes back. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but thank you everybody so much for listening. Uh, I think by now you all know Walt and I tremendously love your feedback. Uh, you can tweet it at us. Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm at Reckless. You can leave us reviews on iTunes, which surprisingly I read. It's the one thing I use iTunes for. Uh, it's you just go to iTunes.com/slash/TheVerge. You can find all of our shows there. Please. Uh, leave us some ratings and leave us some comments. Uh, and you can, I think we've been opening comments in the post, which is a thing that we do at The Verge. You can leave us comments there. So we love your feedback, love hearing from you. Uh, we also have a bunch of other shows in what we are beginning to refer to as The Verge Podcast Network. Uh, so I host The Vergecast on Thursdays. You can tune into that. There's also control. Uh, I was going to say there's also control alt delete. Uh, but that's this show, and you knew that. Uh, there's also What's Tech with Chris Plant, which is wonderful. This week he did What is a Router, which is an amazing thing to wrap your head around because that's what he does. He takes things that you think take for granted and like. That's not a thing that like drills holes in wood and stuff like that. Oh yeah, no, that's what it, it's an entire show about uh, Home Depot woodworking tools, um, <laughs> sponsored by our. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and then there's Virgie SP with Emily and Liz, which is also wonderful. No, those are all great, and and I'm so happy that. People are listening to podcasts again, and, and that we're in the game and doing 
doing, I think, I think some of the best ones. Super fun. And speaking of some of the best ones, Kara Swisher has Recode Decode, which you should. Oh, I love it. Definitely check out. Uh, they're actually there's so much, and so Peter much Kafka. demand for it. They're doing it twice a week now, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah so Peter's Peter doing Kafka's it. doing one. Uh, so please, so much stuff to listen to. Don't even read the website. Just put on the headphones, listen to our products forever, and uh, please read the website. Uh, that's it. We will see everybody next week. Thank you so much, Walt. Once again. Thank you, Neil.